Welcome to the Balancing Actor Podcast, where we discuss balancing a civilian life with your creative one and everything in between. I'm your host, fellow actor, and fellow human, Miranda Rodan, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Balancing Actor Podcast. I am so glad you're here. I hope you had a great weekend. I hope you had a long weekend, a restful one, or a fun one, for the very least, on Memorial Day. Uh, it's never lost on me for those that have lost uh, a loved one in the military. We are a military family over here in our household, and my grandfather was in the Navy and my husband is in the Army. So shout out to any military families that are out there. Uh, don't forget why we have a three-day weekend. It's really to recognize the fallen soldiers. And I think sometimes it's tough to think about the military if you're not in it all the time. And I definitely didn't grow up with um, a whole lot of emphasis on it, um, being that my grandpa did four years in the Navy, and then none of his children went into the military after that. I always thought that my dad would make an amazing soldier. And I think that's like something that he could have done as well. And he would have been interested in and, and excelled at, but this life decided to take him differently uh, on a different path. And um, he's an amazing dad, and I'm really glad to have him around. Uh, but honoring the military was always something that was very special and very we took very seriously when we did recognize it. So um, please take a moment to reach out to another uh, military family or somebody that you know, um, just to pay your respects. Um, thank you for your service. Always, you know, is appreciated by military people. I think sometimes they have a little bit of mixed feelings on it, um, depending on their position in the military, but I, I, it's, it's an honorable thing to do. And, um, they always say that they appreciate it. So I hope that you were able to spend time with friends and family. I hope that you were able to get outside as the weather is getting nicer, which is great. We certainly had some friends come into town, which was really, really fun. Uh, we spent it, um, they went to the beach for the day. Um, my husband and I tried to avoid the beach on a very crowded holiday, but you know what? It was their holiday and they wanted to go to the beach. So they went to the beach. My husband and I just kind of stayed back and rested a bit because we've been traveling a ton. Um, as if you guys have been following, I just came back from California and Anaheim. And I also bopped over to San Francisco to go visit a friend while I was on the West Coast. And that was a really fun experience. Definitely have some insight to share about traveling when you're pregnant. Uh, second trimester is supposed to be the honeymoon phase of your trimester. Certainly my favorite trimester by far, but um, there are a couple of things that I would recommend knowing about ahead of time before you uh, get in the sky, but um, definitely would recommend traveling. Now's the time to do it. And that was really my focus was I went out there for work, but I also wanted to see a friend. And um, that was very important to me because, you know, once baby gets here, we'll just have a little bit less time for a little while, not forever, but just for a little while. So still navigating how I'm going to incorporate traveling with the baby later in the future. I definitely am of the mindset that we're going to, you know, the baby's coming into my life and it, the baby's coming into my life to enhance my life, not necessarily take away from it. I think society really, really emphasizes on how like, well, that's it. Once you have kids, it's over. And to a degree, yeah. I mean, things change, I, I think is what really what they want to say. And 
that's why it's really important to, you know, really do the things you want to do independently that are much easier to do independently. Um, that's where my mindset is on. I never really viewed having children as like a way um, that it was going to take away from my life. It's just definitely going to change it. So I'm getting ready for that adjustment. And um, traveling is still very much on my list. You know, my high hopes is that this baby is healthy. I'm healthy. Dad's healthy. And we can go on future endeavors, you know, when baby's old enough, but also recognizing that there is plenty of time to do that. And there is also plenty of time to just rest and relax and have no pressures to do anything at all. So I'm definitely going to share with you um, some things that I've been experiencing during my second trimester, as well as what the process was like for me uh, notifying my agents about my pregnancy when I started showing, (laughs) funny story, and also Um, just communicating with them throughout this process and what I'm doing in the meantime to get myself ready for when I do want to bounce back. I'm still a little undecided because I want to see how things go. I have a a temporary timeline in my mind, Uh, but you just have to kind of be ready for anything and be ready to to pivot and change and be flexible because your plan may not go as planned as we know, especially with pregnancies too. Um, you could think it could go one way and you want it to go one way, but it absolutely goes the complete opposite way. So I think the best thing to do is just be prepared as much as possible. Um, so I definitely want to go into and share some second trimester things that I didn't really realize were going to happen during second trimester. I just thought that was interesting. Um, if those things are helpful, uh, what traveling is like and, um, also what I've been up to and then some other fun things coming down the pike. So let's get into it. All right. So I just came back from traveling. Uh, I went out there for one of my side hustle gigs, but it's nice when side hustle can blend with acting life. So I uh, work for a company um, per diem as their expert dental hygienist. I work for a company called Closis Mouth Rinse, and if you haven't heard of it, it's because the company was a smaller owned company, an amazing company. We've been around since 2001, and uh, they were just acquired by Arcadia Group that is growing the brand, which is really exciting. So now we are available in all of the major markets, uh, retail markets, except for Target. Target's a little difficult to get into, uh, but Walmart, Walgreens, Amazon, um, what else? Um, Amazon's going to be your best bet. You can buy directly from the site. Um, what else? Uh, all of those major markets. So we are also available through a dental distributor for those dental people that are listening on the line. Uh, and I love this mouth rinse because I've been using it since I graduated hygiene school. I knew about it for a really long time. It was shared with me by another colleague, Amber Auger, who's a huge dental hygiene advocate in, in that space. And um, it's a great mouth rinse for very, very sensitive patients. It's a great mouth rinse for anyone. I'll just make that very clear. It's not just for sensitive patients. And sensitive, I mean, like can't tolerate the alcohol, can't tolerate burning sensations. Uh, maybe you have a family member who is going through chemotherapy or radiation. This is an amazing mouth rinse to use and to give to your grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, or whoever is going through it. It's a very thoughtful gift. Um, closest, uh, their active ingredient is stabilized chlorine dioxide. And what that does from like a nerdy level is it helps 
with sensitive tissues, it helps heal up the oral lesions that you may get as side effects from chemo. It helps with dry mouth. It helps cut through bad breath. So if you struggle with bad breath, there's probably a couple of reasons why you have bad breath. Definitely get in to see your dental professional. Definitely get a really good professional dental cleaning and evaluation because there's probably something going on there um, from the gums situation. Like if your gums are infected, that could cause bad breath. If you're not brushing your tongue, that could cause bad breath. If you have something called tonsil stones that get stuck, these little like forms of bacteria build up and food debris gets stuck in your tonsils. You can gargle with this mouth rinse. It'll help dislodge it and help break it down. Super gentle. I'm talking like not abrasive. There's no alcohol. There's no parabens. It's gluten-free. It's for that type of patient that just like can't have anything. There's a non-flavored version. And then there's a flavored version, which is a gentle mint. And it's just so mild. It almost, some patients like, like the burning feeling and they think that something's not working when it's not burning, but that's not the case. This mouth rinse does not do that. Um, it's like rinsing with water, honestly, was, is what the texture is like. And the reason why I'm going on and on about this, they're not sponsoring me to talk about this mouth rinse. I just genuinely feel like this is a great product and I hope that it's helpful and hope that you can gift this to somebody who needs it. Um, but it helps heal bleeding gums as well. So you just rinse with it once a day, completely safe. It's over the counter. So that means that it is safe enough to use, you know, regularly. There's no limitation of using it for 10 days or not. And you start to see results. Um, some people ask if it causes staining. It doesn't actually kind of does the opposite because chlorine dioxide is a floor of chlorine. Might sound a little scary, but it's it's not. It's formulated in a proper way. Okay, that's very safe, but it helps just reduce bacteria and actually helps uh, prevent staining and probably brightens things a bit more and uh, definitely doesn't stain. So Overall, I just love it. Um, if you get abscess ulcers also, it'll help heal and can prevent them from forming. We want to really kind of find out what the root cause of those uh, ulcers are though, however, so speak to your dental professional. So anyways, as you can see, I have a lot of fun talking about this product. So they hired me out there to work these dental conventions. And I went out to the California Dental Association and it was pretty amazing because I saw some people I knew, which was insane because I'm on the East Coast and don't spend a lot of time on the West Coast, but you just never know. And Anaheim's right where Disneyland is and it's a really popular spot. And it was a great overall convention. I have to say um, a lot of dental people, dental hygienists going to get something called their continuing education credits. Very important for us who, uh, those of us who have licenses, we have to maintain them. Um, a lot of other careers like real estate and law and all that also have, they're probably called something different, but we call them continuing education credits. I know teachers definitely have to do it um, on a like one to two year basis, maybe even three year basis, but it's a, it's a great place for dental professions to come and they get the credits that they need. They take classes. Uh, we have a lot of uh, keynote speakers that speak on behalf of closest as well within their presentation. So we get a lot of people to the booth. So I'm your booth girl. You come up to me, you ask me all your questions and I go over the products with you and, you know, maybe help you answer some questions or maybe you have a difficult patient. I can help recommend some products. Um, but it's very rewarding. And I, this is my second one I've done this year and it's just been really incredible. The team is wonderful and it's just so easy when you believe in a product that works really well. So, um, it's also rewarding to use your skill set as an actor and just have those presentation skills and those people skills that you really, really need. 
and be able to just, you know, serve a population that needs it. So I had a great time. Um, I think Anaheim and the area, the convention center, it's really nice. It's walking distance from Disneyland. There's a lot of restaurants in the area, very safe also. Um, so definitely check it out. We got to go out to eat to a couple of different places. Uh, we went to this one amazing Mexican restaurant called Solita, which is right around the corner from our hotel. And they just, I can't drink, but they had amazing like margarita mocktails. And um, the, my boss that I was with, like she said that their margaritas were amazing. Their food was incredible. They had uh, something called esquites, which is like a uh, grilled corn with cheese. Oh, so good. And some tahini. Amazing. So definitely check out that restaurant. It was really yummy. We also went to a restaurant called Poppy Seed in Anaheim, which is right next to the packing district, I believe is what it was called. It, it reminds me of Armature Works here in Tampa, Florida. Um, but basically it's like a large warehouse uh, cafeteria filled with all these different restaurants and different places to eat inside as well as like cute little vendor places to buy trinkets and things like that. And it was just a really cool spot to walk around in. And it was definitely bustling. Um, we went there for dessert right after we ate at Poppy Seed, which was a really great restaurant, like very healthy. The service was phenomenal. Um, we just had a great time, like nice ambiance too. It was really great weather and just kind of a great place for date night or a great place for going out with friends or your husband or partner or whoever. Um, and then you can walk right over to the packing district area where we got crepes. Mm, so good. And I had this like vanilla strawberry banana crepe with, um, oh gosh, what is it called? Colorful. They remind me of like Fred Flintstone flakes or something like that. Frosted flake for not frosted flakes. Uh, fruity pebbles, fruity pebbles on top. And, and it was just, it was so good. It was so good. I was stuffed and I definitely got heartburn afterwards being pregnant, but it was worth it. <laughs> and, uh, we stayed over at the Marriott and it was just a beautiful hotel. So highly recommend, um, checking those areas out. We also went to a place, um, that is totally losing my mind right now. I should have thought about this ahead of time. Um, it was in Lido in the Lido village and it was, oh my goodness. I'll link it in the show notes. Uh, it was another like waterside restaurant that is completely blanking. It began with an M and for some reason, I just cannot think of it right now, but it, maybe it'll come to me. So really great to see all these different neighborhoods. We also went to Yorba Linda for another restaurant called Oceans and Earth. And that was pretty good as well just kind of cool to see like what the neighborhoods were like in California and things like that. So anyways, if you were checking out the Anaheim area, I've got some good restaurants for you. Again, I'll link it in the show notes and um, let you know, but we had a great time. And then I was able to go ahead and leave the conference. It was three day conference, long days, like probably 10 hours um, of talking. And luckily they gave me a chair so I could sit in. So my feet didn't get too swollen, but um, I popped on to a plane from Orange County to San Francisco to go visit my really good friend from my childhood. And I, the last time I was in San Francisco was 2018. And we did all the San Francisco things. We went hiking, we like biked over the Golden Gate Bridge, which was very windy, but it was really fun. And he just took me all around. And I was grateful that I did it then because there was no way I was going to do that on this trip. I was exhausted. 
Um, he had to work and he worked from home. So it worked out really well where I just was like, Hey, I want to rest and recuperate and we can like go to brunch and we can go to dinner and we can watch movies. And if that sounds good to you, that's all this pregnant lady wants to do. And he was totally down and it was just really great quality time to catch up with him. I hadn't seen him since my wedding two years ago. So quality time is really important to me, um, in life in general, but it's just exceptionally important to me right now because I do feel like this inability to, I don't know, I, talk to people once the baby comes. I mean, that's totally a made up thing in my head. And I, I think I'm going to be looking forward to conversations, but I just really wanted to see people. I think when I decided that we, you know, we were ready to have kids, I just wanted to make sure that I saw the people that I haven't seen in a while and wanted to catch up with them. And of course, invite them down to meet the baby when the baby's here. But it, it was just really important to me to like kind of get those last minute trips in. And um, I told myself at the beginning of the year, you know, I really want to see him. So I'm going to try my best to travel. And then this great opportunity came up where I was able to go and see him. So I just completely jumped on that bandwagon. So I encourage that. Um, again, just try to do all the things that you want to do. If you have the luxury of planning a pregnancy <laughs> ahead of time, um, just so you don't feel like you're missing out. Like FOMO is definitely a real thing. And um, I don't know. I just, I, I'm looking forward to continuing the journey, but also, it's much easier for me just to go out for a couple of days and uh, extend my, you know, trip out there and then come home. So, um, and luckily, my husband is very um, understanding and open to that, and he missed me, which was very nice. It's very nice to hear that. Um, couple of things about traveling when you are pregnant. Okay, so there are three things that I will absolutely not travel without going forward, especially when you're pregnant. Number one, pregnancy pillow. Now these things can be ginormous. I bought one for travel that I will link in the show notes. Uh, it comes apart. So like you don't have to have this whole awkward pillow with you. It's, I put it in a side bag and I use it as like my personal bag. Um, I could have packed probably half the pillow, honestly, for what I needed. It, it came with this tiny attachment part. And then it also came with like, you know, a, a moon shaped portion of the pillow. And that's all I really needed. The two moon shaped parts. And then this like additional little tiny little pillow. And honestly, just for my lower back, because those seats are not super comfortable and it just, you need the extra support. I mean, it was a long flight. It was a good four and a half, five hours. So, um, I was really concerned about getting really swollen on the plane and just being comfortable in general. And this pillow really saved the day. I also had my neck pillow with me. Like I had all the pillows. Okay. And I think when you get in your thirties, you just want all the pillows anyways, but especially when you're pregnant and I booked a aisle seat, which, you know, for overnight flights, I like a window seat. Um, I don't like a window seat for feeling trapped. And so most of the time, personally, I will always fly in an aisle seat, but of course you're in the way sometimes with, you know, stuff that's happening up and down the aisle. But for me, I, I just wasn't sure how much and how often I was going to have to get up and go to the bathroom. They do encourage you to get up at least once an hour to help prevent blood clotting in your legs. So, um, that brings me to my second thing that I will not travel without as a pregnant person, which are compression socks. Yes. They're not sexy at all. And I didn't put them on until like I boarded right before I boarded just because they, they constrict, which is the whole point of them. Um, I actually wore a full like athleisure 
cat suit for compression services. And that was very comfortable on top of the compression socks. So I, I may have overdone it, but I was very comfortable both ways um, in that outfit. And I had absolutely no swelling. It was really, really great. So the compression socks were really important. I like had slip on sandals so I could just take my feet out of the sandals if I needed to, just to help myself breathe. If things were feeling tight, I was just trying to preventatively make myself as comfortable as I could. And then also like prevent any uncomfortableness um, or swelling that may have happened. So I definitely made sure I got up, went to the bathroom when I needed to, got a little walk in, moved my feet around, spoke with my doctor ahead of time about this. Like if I needed a doctor's note while traveling, you don't typically, although if you read the airlines, like just double check, especially internationally, how long they really ideally would like to allow you to fly. And if you're looking pretty big, they might stop you. I'm at a point where I can still kind of hide my pregnancy depending on what I'm wearing or it's just not super obvious. So no one said anything to me, but, um, if you're getting larger or you look a little bit larger, you might want to just have a doctor's note on you saying that like how many weeks you are and you're like cleared to travel. I'm sure they'd be happy to just give you a note and say like, everything's fine. Never hurts to just be overly prepared in that regard. But I personally am going to stop flying at around 36 weeks. So probably at the beginning of August, uh, just for my own, um, peace of mind. And it's going to be way more uncomfortable. to travel. Uh, and then I, I am nervous. Like I want to, you know, hopefully give birth in the place I want to give birth in. So it's just, you just never know. You just never know. Babies can come early. Babies can come late. Something to be mindful of. So first off pregnancy pillow, second off compression socks. Third thing I would recommend is drinking a liquid IV before you get on the plane for a couple of reasons. One, even before I was pregnant, I got super dehydrated whenever I would fly. It's also a long flight, so you're more apt to get dehydrated. Uh, And the liquid IV just rehydrates you, which is always good. And then it also like reduces your need to go to the bathroom so much. So I usually like to try to drink one before and then maybe, you know, a couple hours after I land if I can. The only thing is they do have a lot of sugar in them. Um, They have a ton of electrolytes, but they do have a lot of sugar. So just be mindful of your teeth and just try to rinse with water afterwards. Or if you don't want to do that, you could always drink a coconut water, which is also packed with electrolytes too. So if your stomach can handle coconut water, um, those are some options, but great, great idea to do before, you know, the night before you fly or whatever, just try to get that stuff in your system. And then one more thing that I will not travel without is a probiotic. I have powdered probiotics. I take, I can put them in my drink. I can put them in my hot water. You can also get them in pill form. This is just going to help you stay regulated again. But constipation is difficult during pregnancy very difficult, um, experience more issues than others. But when you're also dehydrated, it's going to just exacerbate the constipation. The probiotics just help me personally stay really regular. And then the more regular I am, the more comfortable I am because I'm very grumpy and uncomfortable if I am not regular. And I know for those of you that suffer with the same thing, you totally understand. So traveling with a probiotic I've learned over the years, not just a pregnancy thing, like has always, always helped me. And I offer that and just try to stay on top of that um, as well. And, you know, I did all those things and I was a pretty happy camper most, you know, almost all the time. So 
definitely recommend still traveling if you want to still travel and just also informing people that you are pregnant, you know, wherever your destination is, just because I think it's from a medical standpoint, it's always a good idea for somebody to kind of watch out for you and have your back or know your situation. And I recommend doing that uh, when you're ready to share your pregnancy as well on set, because again, for safety reasons, it's just good for somebody to know. And I know that gets a little dicey in the beginning of when you you know, just find out that you're pregnant and you may not want to share the news necessarily. So you're just going to share it with the people who are closest to you. So as long as they know where you're at and what your shooting day is like, um, and they're your emergency contact, uh, everything should be fine. So that goes into this discussion of really uh, when is a good time to tell your agent? And I've discussed this with a few people um, on the podcast and everybody's news looked a little different in a different way. And again, I really just want to emphasize that this is your business. This is a medical condition. It's nobody else's business, but yours. So whenever you want to share it, you share it. And I, in the beginning, I was a little you know, on the fence about, um, sharing my pregnancy. I ended up sharing my pregnancy with my immediate family, like super quick. I'm talking two days after I found out I was pregnant. It was also Christmas. So it was a good time for me to share it with my family because everybody was there. Had they not all been there, I probably would have waited a little bit longer to share with all of those people. I'll just put it that way. But I always think that if you are comfortable sharing this news with people that you're also comfortable sharing bad news with, God forbid something happens, it's just so common, um, then go ahead and share. So you're going to need those people during to support you if something do, bad does happen. I know it just gets really tiring having to constantly retell and relive experiences and things like that. So just be mindful. But I, that was a rule of thumb that I took into play. And I was really happy about that. And I was really comfortable and like knock on wood, everything has been really, really healthy so far. So that's not lost on me. However, I do find it really interesting when you do start to come out to certain friends and family, they're like sometimes immediately offended that they didn't know sooner. Like how soon did you want to know? Like the moment it happened, (laughs) I just laugh because like my grandma, for example, you know, she was, I told her relatively early on and she wasn't at Christmas at that time, but I told her, I think maybe a month or two later, she was like, why didn't, why am I the last to know? to know you're not at all so it just kind of makes me laugh a little bit as far as your agents go though I think it's a little bit more of a delicate conversation but also really making sure that you're ready to embrace it I think agents are they're like I've had such a great experience and I decided um, I was already booked on a different a different movie And I had not said anything while I was auditioning for that movie because I was not showing then. And for me and my rule is that if I was not showing, I did not need to tell anyone. I was starting to feel better. I wanted to work as much as I could. And also there's kind of this like image in their mind that like, once you say you're pregnant, they automatically think you look like a nine month pregnant person. And that's not the case at all. So then they don't submit you for roles unless they say that you're pregnant. And we all know that those rules are far and few between. Also, when they hire a pregnant person, I think in production's mind, it's a little bit more of a liability, at least from my um, experience. And if you don't need to worry them with that sort of thing at the moment, because like literally anything, again, it's a medical condition, but like 
you could have, you know, a seizure onset if you're prone to seizures. And like, are you going to necessarily disclose that you have like epilepsy? Like, so to me, it's, I look at it through that lens quite a bit, even though everyone's like, yeah, but you're pregnant, but you should say something like you, you really don't have to, unless you absolutely want to, or you're absolutely showing. And it's very, very obvious. So you do have quite a bit of time in that window to just do your thing. And I booked two movies pregnant at the time. And the only other thing I would say to that is like, just be mindful of the shooting times because I did one overnight shoot and it was very tiring. And I was hoping that the overnight shoot wouldn't be so long. Uh, and it was, and I just really needed to make sure I took care of myself because you're just exhausted as a pregnant person. You're exhausted as a normal person, but you're just exhausted. And you want to make sure that you're putting yourself in the most like healthy position possible. So I think it's important to just be mindful of all that stuff, but I very much crafted my news to my agents as a, an exciting event, um, because I am excited and I want them to be excited for me. It's, it's, it's wonderful that I can share this with my agents. I've been with them since 2015. Uh, I consider them part of the family and, you know, we can go on this journey together and they were very positive and excited about it. I mean, it's hard to find somebody who isn't, you know, I think society kind of trains you just to be like, oh, congratulations. But you can tell if they're genuine or not. And I also felt like it was my responsibility to give them a visual. So I sent digitals over. I send digitals over every couple of weeks just to let them know like, hey, this is where I'm at. Um, and it's fun. It just helps me keep in touch with them. And I also tell them like, hey, I can still hide certain things in certain um, colors or uh, fits and I'll send a picture over with that just, just in case. Cause like, who says I can't play the security guard or who says I, I can't play the receptionist behind the desk where you don't even see my, my belly at all. Like I would love to see, um, production include more pregnant people, you know, in the future for things and not always make it part of the narrative. To me, it's a different perspective on diversity and in, in inclusion and body, body inclusion. <laughs> we have a lot of actors of a lot of different shapes and sizes. So like, why can't pregnant people be more part of the norm? And again, I can see it as being like a little bit more of a liability, but again, like if you like the actor and it helps create, create the world that they're in. Like why, why can't we use more pregnant people, especially if it's just like a day player or something like that. So very interesting. Would love to do more work on that um, as far as representation goes with, you know, mamas and things like that. So it was just, it's been very eye-opening for me in that regard, but I would say, you know, craft a very um, exciting email. I crafted mine around the time that we did the gender reveal. Cause that's usually when people ask if you're having a boy or a girl, if you decide that you are going to find out before the big day. And it, I just included pictures of the, of the event as well. So I just kind of made it a whole celebratory thing and it, and it worked really well. I do have to say though, the project I worked on for three weeks in the movie, um, I was not showing before I booked it. And I kind of had a feeling that I might start noticeably showing towards the end of the shoot. And it was actually much quicker than that. I think I started popping like three or four days into the shoot. And by popping, I mean like one day you think you just look bloated and the next day you're like, no, you have a belly now. <laughs> it happens that fast. It's it's kind of insane. So just be prepared for it. I immediately notified wardrobe. I know I, I notified them ahead of time of like what I would prefer to wear. Um, I had a little bit more say in crafting my uh, character style, which was great. 
but we had to work together to try to hide certain things because um, your girl was showing. And I didn't formally announce it to every crew member because that's unnecessary, but I did feel comfortable sharing with my co my castmates and, you know, other people on set, because again, for safety reasons, and we're going to be together for three weeks. So here we are. And then after that, I was like, okay, I really need to just let everybody know now more publicly. And that's when I went on social media and announced it on the podcast as well. So for me, the journey has been really eye-opening and I, I don't regret the way that everything has panned out. I would just say, just be mindful that like it comes, you start showing sooner than you think sometimes. <laughs> And I, I think it's a fair thing to like explain that to casting, but uh, casting and um, production, but I also don't want you to put yourself in a position where they could just easily say no to you. Cause in theory, they legally really shouldn't be firing you for being pregnant. Sounds pretty illegal. However, in this day and age with acting, I mean, they could fire you because you decided to, you know, go on a motorcycle run and then fall off your bike and then lose all your teeth. And then they're like, well, that's not going to work. We need someone with teeth, you know? So it's just when this industry is so dependent on your looks, it's, I, I'm very sensitive and protective of those of like, don't say anything until you absolutely have to, um, for your own sake, for your own job security. And then also it's none of their business. And then also like, you know, there's no reason why you can't still work until you absolutely need to say something. So um, that's my take on that. And uh, yeah, now that I'm fully out, I'm fully embracing it. I mean, we had, we have this amazing opportunity that I'll talk about in another podcast that came up because of the pregnancy. So for me, my attitude is just now that I'm out, we're just going to fully embrace it. And it's been a lot of fun. And I still, you know, I put it in the show notes, how many weeks pregnant I am. And I just try to be as honest and thorough as I can up front because I don't want any surprises because I am showing so much. Like it would be very um, obvious if I didn't say anything at this point. So for me, it's more fun to tell people about it. Who knows? They could be open to, you know, having a pregnant person. It could work better for their narrative or their project. You just never know. So I don't want to be, I don't want to encourage being like super secretive and, and shameful once, you know, throughout your entire pregnancy, like definitely try to enjoy it. Um, this is a fun and special time right now. And Hey, it gives you something to talk about when they say, ask your, you know, tell us about yourself and they ask you and you're like, uh, I don't know. I like pizza. No, now you can say like, I'm expecting a baby, which is very exciting. So all good things there. Other things about second trimester. Okay. Second trimester, definitely my favorite trimester, like I said. And the reason being is because I got a bit more of my energy back, which was great. I also, you know, feel better. I'm more active and you start to look pregnant and you're like having a good time enjoying your, your new body and the changing body. But with that being said, your body's definitely changing. Um, my goodness. And some of these things that people just do not tell you. Uh, and I've, and I've done a lot of research. I'm definitely somebody who likes to learn a lot. This is a new area for me. I love talking to mamas, uh, about their experiences. And like so many mamas are so willing to share um, everything, their birth stories, like you name it, all the things. And they're so willing to jump in and help. And that to me is just been the one of the, my favorite things throughout this pregnancy. And people are nicer to you in the streets for the most part. Um, they try to get your doors for you. They try to help you pick up stuff, uh, which I always think is kind of funny because yeah, you're not supposed to be lifting in certain positions because you can really hurt yourself. I mean, your back starts hurting once you start carrying weight more in the front. 
Um, my back really started hurting for the first time yesterday after we cleaned the house all day. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta sit down and like take a bath or something. Um, cause I'm sore. Uh, but the, the lifting thing I've been working with the trainers is really important. It's the first time I've ever worked with a trainer. It's been really important to me though, to make sure that I get my body right for birth. And then more importantly, post recovery. And so the trainer is helping me, you know, strengthen my pelvic floor. So we're doing a lot of squats, uh, a lot of arms, a lot of like everything in and around where baby is and just getting my body really ready for that. And it, it's a workout. I mean, I don't do a ton of cardio because literally walking down the street or going up the stairs, I am out of breath and my heart rate is up, but I do what I can. And anything um, that you can do is going to be really beneficial for you. So second trimester though, like I, I had way more energy to work out first trimester. I just wanted to lie in bed and just like, I felt so sick. So definitely get back on your, um, you know, athletic bandwagon. If that is for you, Peloton or, or bike, biking, yoga, all that stuff. I, I try to change it up for myself because I like to do different things, but it's also important for your body to do different things. Hey guys, jumping in here. So sorry to interrupt. Listen, I get a little explicit listening back to this podcast about my pregnancy symptoms. So if that is not for you, I just am giving you a heads up ahead of time that it's coming and I get real honest. Also, I speak a lot about dental stuff on this particular podcast. I have a dental coupon code for a new electric toothbrush from Burst. So if you want that coupon, go ahead and like this episode, follow it, and then check the show notes out for my coupon code and you can get up to 40% off a Burst toothbrush. Okay, back to the episode. Special cravings during second trimester. I've been really into jelly belly jelly beans. I just, I bought myself a whole like sampler kit and I ate the entire thing in the matter of like a week and a half. And again, not great for your teeth, not great for the sugar aspect, but was really craving jelly belly jelly beans. Can't do the black licorice still just disgusting, but, um, all the other ones pretty good. So those that, and I have been crushing tuna melt subway sandwiches take it or leave it. I, I love them. I think they're delicious and that's what I've been wanting lately. So been eating a lot of those probably have one once a week. And what's so great about second trimester, you can just eat whatever the hell you want. It's just so great. Just eat whatever you want. Just, just do it. Don't think about it. And that's been so fun because in the past I've always kind of, I've always had a pretty decent relationship with food, but I've always been like, you know, oh, I shouldn't eat that. Oh, I should eat healthier. Oh, I should do this. Oh, I should do that. I'm just not having that conversation in my head. I'm just letting myself enjoy and me and baby eat what we want to eat. Um, also chocolate fudge brownies. Holy shit. So good. Um, there's this one restaurant that I literally ordered a second one just so I could take it home so I could eat it on a different day. It was so mind-blowingly good. Maybe because of my pregnant taste buds. I don't know, but chocolate fudge brownies are my jam right now. Um, I've also had a lot of salty cravings. I loved salt even before I was pregnant. And they say when you have a, when you're pregnant with a boy, like you tend to crave more salty things. It's also your body telling you that you need more salt in, in your diet to help retain water. So I do not hold back on salt craving things. So, you know, potato chips are my friend or just anything that I could add like a little bit of sea salt to, I'm here for it. I haven't been an angel. I've never been an angel when it comes to my eating. Sometimes I will cave and get some fast food. Listen, if you're hungry, you're hungry. You're like running errands and stuff. Like you need nourishment. Okay. And even though that this is disgusting food, sometimes some French fries are just like what you need. 
Okay. French fries and a milkshake. So I don't judge you, you know, your baby's going to live. You'll be fine. Just get some food in your mouth. Um, so yeah, fast food has been on the, on the menu. And then with that being said, I try to get a Coke zero or a cherry Coke has been my jam. Also shouldn't be drinking soda, but you know what we are sometimes. And that just is that. So keep your judgments to yourself. Uh, love chicken nuggets, love sweet and sour sauce. Yes, I know not packed with good stuff. I don't care. Um, also second trimester, my dreams have been crazy, crazy lucid dreamer. I've always kind of been a little bit more sensitive to the dreaming aspect of it. Like very sensitive to things that are going on. My, I think my, the way that I process stress is also through dreams, but like, man, oh man, have these dreams been really intense. Um, just very realistic, very weird scenarios. So that is not uncommon in pregnancy at all. I've just been really noticing it. And sometimes it's a lot of nightmares too, which has been scary. Um, also very common, uh, just be prepared for it. If you're somebody who's like more sensitive to that stuff, um, definitely, you know, along for the ride and trying to learn from them. If you want to keep a dream journal, great. Um, for me, I never have the energy to wake up and actually write it down. So dream journals haven't really worked out the best for me, but, um, if I do remember them, I do try to talk them out with like my sister or somebody, uh, but the dreams are crazy. Okay. Now we are getting a little bit more explicit. So if you don't want to hear all of the nitty gritty stuff, you can just fast forward this, but like also during second trimester, you are a lot more wet. You are just wet and sweaty and there is just a lot more liquids coming out of you. I'll just put it that way. Okay. So, um, have extra underwear on hand, have panty liners, whatever you need. It's, it's your body trying to protect itself from infection. So it's a normal thing, but I've never taken more showers in my life. Uh, I just want to feel clean and I want to feel, you know, good and fresh and, um, you know, wipes and things like that is just going to help me do that. But yeah, totally different, um, than what I'm used to. So be prepared. Uh, the sex, is better. It's so much better in regards to just like things you have more desire. Some people don't, some people lose their desire, but depending on where you are, but second trimester, you're definitely more activated. We'll put it that way. Um, and sensations are stronger. So it's great. Wonderful. Always something to look forward to. Okay. Your tits also get huge. Um, holy nipples. Okay. Like your nipples are changing. I think they double in size. They, they completely change color. They usually get darker and that's all for the baby just to find the nipple better, but it's crazy. I mean, I would say, you know, if you are brave, just like take a picture, take a picture of yourself so you can remember this moment. And also like, you're like, my tits look amazing. So if they deflate someday after breastfeeding or whatever it is, you can look back and be like, look how nice they looked. Um, so that's pretty intense and like things feel different. Bras fit differently. I've had to buy all new bras just to make things more comfortable for me. Um, but I'm enjoying it. Okay. And so are my outfits and so is my husband. So enjoy your nice tits. People pay a lot of money for those. Um, also so hairy, like the hairiest. I probably have to shave once every other day. Like that's how intense it is. And it's just like hair from every part of your body that you wouldn't even imagine. So, um, just be prepared, you know, schedule waxings earlier than not. People talk about getting a Brazilian, if that's your jam, um, I would recommend getting it well in advance so that your body gets on a cycle so that you're not going like a week before showtime, 
or a week or a month before your due date, like, because that's going to hurt. That shit hurts. Everything is way more sensitive down there. Just go and get waxed ahead of time. You can't laser because you're pregnant. Um, and then if you lasered before you were pregnant, like I did a couple of years ago, like it just all goes away pretty much like your hair comes back. So not a bad thing to do after you have the baby, but I would just stick to waxing if that's your thing. And I would do it like well in advance and get on a routine so that those waxes are not like the living death of you. So that's my advice. Uh, but you are going to be very hairy. Um, you also start to feel the baby kicking during this time and it starts as like an internal like flutter feeling and then it starts to get more external where you actually visually see your stomach move which is really cool and every time I try to get my husband to feel the baby he like freezes in there and like doesn't I can't get him to feel it yet it's always every time every time baby I try to get your dad to feel you and you just move out of the way but it's been really cool and you start to get to know your baby's rhythms. Like he's very active in the morning and then very active after anything sugary, which most babies are. And then at nighttime. So most of the times when I'm just, you know, more relaxed, that's when I notice him the most. Um, also weird thing that happened during second trimester, new moles and new freckles. I am not a moly person. I have a couple of freckles or beauty marks and they just multiplied and they also raised up. I have a couple on my neck. I found one on my arm and I was like, this is the stuff that they don't tell you. And it's all hormone related. Um, everything gets darker. So it is just one of those things that like, I want to tell you to be mindful of and your dermatologist should tell you that it's completely normal. But if something seems really out of whack, then go ahead and just go over it with them um, and, and have them check you out. So there is that also during second trimester, I talked about, uh, the mouth rinse, make sure you get your dental appointments. in. this is the best time to get a dental appointment. in. it's so important for you to get your teeth cleaned. It is not good to have an infection in your mouth before baby comes one. It's very uncomfortable Two, if you can get your dental work done before you even get pregnant. If you think that you're going to have a lot of work to get done, I would get it done before you're pregnant because it's going to really suck to have to kind of go in and get a bunch of stuff done while you're, you know, second trimester, but it's not the end of the world. I mean, if it's an emergency, it's emergency, or like you have to do what you have to do, but like, let's try to prevent that. Um, and the best thing you can do is just get a dental cleaning. Uh, I'd recommend before you get pregnant. And then also somewhere in, during your pregnancy, you're going to need to get another one because you should be going every six months. Um, but just make sure everything is, is, is good to go. You are more prone to bleeding your second trimester or throughout your pregnancy in general, your, your hormones are just kind of all over the place. And it responds, um, really on like hyper mode because your body doesn't want infection. And also you are technically immune compromised when you're pregnant. So all these things just to look into, make sure you get your teeth clean, make sure you're just on the regular with that. So that is your friendly reminder. Okay. I threw a lot of information out at you. Um, the last thing to mention is that we are currently taking reservations for our new Airbnb. So my husband and I decided to buy an Airbnb. It was a really big endeavor, but um, we're really excited that we did it. And this past weekend was our first weekend that we had guests. So I'm just waiting on their review. I'm a little nervous about it, but I will put the listing in the show notes as well. Um, I'm going to do a whole podcast about like the Airbnb and the passive income process and what it's been like for us. 
and also why it might be a good long-term investment for you if you're looking for another way to um, expand your real estate portfolio or just curious on how like Airbnb works um, and just kind of figuring out how uh, to do it as an actor. I know me and my husband are a team, so that's a big component about how we were able to get this house. But um, I think, you know, I get a lot of people asking me about how we did it and how we are doing it and what it's like. And so far, so good. I mean, it's definitely a labor of love and um, would love to embrace that. So that was really exciting this weekend that we've had our first guests and just hope to have more bookings and so that people can share more memories and um, it's actually a lot of fun. The designing process is a lot of fun and, um, I hope to do it again. Like our goal is definitely to get another one someday. So big dreams, big dreams. So we will talk about that on another podcast. I'd love to bring a real estate agent on here as well to give some of that valuable feedback to you guys. But, um, without further ado, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. I've got some amazing interviews coming up that I know you're going to want to listen to. And if this episode resonated with you, please leave a review over on Spotify or Apple podcasts. Just a little couple of words would be so, so helpful um, so that we can get this podcast out there to more people. All right, guys, we'll see you then. Take care. Peace.